0: Low burn media and evergreen podcast presents who killed a podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless.
1: This young man was 22 years of age, a a very nice young man from a very nice family who went down to to a concert and uh, was killed there at the concert.
2: July 18th, 2014. Corey Barron went to a Jason Aldean concert at Progressive Field with his brother, sister and some friends, but he never made it out of the concert venue alive.
1: There's no question in our minds that it's a homicide and there's no question in most people's minds if they, if they look at the facts and if they look at the circumstances.
2: Four years later, Corey's family still wants to know what happened and they are now offering a hefty reward in hopes of finding the answer. The the family has decided to increase the reward up to $50,000 for information leading to the uh, uh, identification and prosecution of anyone involved. Retired FBI agents Dick Wren and Dave Lyons, investigators with the International Research Group, have spent the last few years working on the case for the family. This picture shows the two feet by two feet garbage chute. Police say the six foot two baron went down. His body was found days later in a Lorraine landfill.
1: It appears that someone beat him, took him inside that room and placed him in the chute and then his body fell four or five levels.
2: The Fox 8 I team obtained these new pictures of section 570, an area right above section 468 where Corey was last seen alive. Investigators are hoping someone in these sections saw something we'll call them
1: if they took photographs particularly those two sections 468 and 570 that night we would like to take a look at that we're particularly interested in identifying the people in the first one or two rows because they would have had the, the best line of sight to that to that area where Curry was seated and where he would have left from and route back to his family
2: In
0: Cleveland, Peggy Gallick, Fox 8,
1: I-Team.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 154 of Who Killed? I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast production. I hope everyone has had a great week, and I need to give a shout out to my 103-year-old grandmother who recently passed away. She was a great woman and very successful in business. She was a huge part of our lives, and she'll be greatly missed. She gave us incredible memories that will last forever. And uh, she's not one to dwell on things, and that's not what we were going to do here. So, cheers to Nana and a life well lived. 103. That's a hell of a run. But on this week's episode, we are going to look into one of the most mysterious deaths in Cleveland in the last decade, the death of 22-year-old Corey Barron of Fremont, Ohio. Now, Corey's day started off with high expectations. He and his friends and family were heading to a country music concert featuring Jason Aldean. They were headed to Progressive Field. This is where the Cleveland Indians of Major League Baseball play. It was meant to be a night of fun with friends and, hey, a few cocktails. Now, unfortunately for Corey and his friends, the night would be forever remembered for what happened during the concert and the fact that Corey never actually returned when he left his section. Cleveland police said they needed the public's help in locating the missing 22-year-old. As I said, he was last seen at Progressive Field during the Jason Aldean concert on Friday, July 18th, around 9.30 p.m. Now, according to reports, he was in Section 468 with some friends, but he was not seen again after he went from one section to another. A lot of this reporting comes from Cleveland.com, and we thank them for their excellent reporting on this particular case. The day after the concert, the family and friends were clearly concerned for Barron. They would go on to tell reporters and authorities that this was a responsible kid, and it's not like him to be going out on his own and not to be heard from. Now, police said they checked security cameras, but unfortunately, the crowd was so large, and with people coming in and out, they were unable to find him leaving the stadium. Now, Cleveland police would go on to search the area on foot and in the air. His friends say they were trying to do their part to help locate him. They told reporters at the Plain Dealer, quote, I'm in the process of making flyers now, said Kent Weaver, Barron's friend. Quote, there's a bunch of us going up the next couple days to put flyers up and help try to find him." Now, Barron was a 6'2", white male. He weighed about 225 pounds. So we're not talking about some little guy. He was wearing jeans and a T-shirt with an American flag bandana around his head when he was last seen near Gate A, at progressive field. Now, at the time, police were asking anyone with information to call their hotline or their direct line, which was 216-621-1234. And the 1234 is a classic police line. Again, the search turned out to be fruitless, and that was until a landfill worker actually discovered the body of 22-year-old Corey about 1:45 p.m. a few days after he had disappeared at the Lorraine County landfill. He had been again reported missing on Saturday. Now, the captain of the Lorraine County Sheriff's Office confirmed that the body found at the landfill was barren. The body was found in a garbage truck that makes stops in the Cleveland area. The chief went on to say that it was too early to speculate on Barron's cause of death. Cleveland Police Investigators Commander Jim Chura, confirmed that the Jason Aldean concert ticket was still in Barron's pocket when landfill workers discovered the body on that Tuesday afternoon. While the dumpster containing Barron's body was at the bottom of Progressive Field and was accessible by a chute from the stadium's fifth floor, where Barron was sitting, it's quite the uh, it's quite the leap, and it's uh, quite a ways down, according to Chura. Quote: at least five or six stories. Now, Chura said, "It looks like Barron may have fallen or crawled into the chute." But stressed the matter was still under investigation, currently as a homicide, until detectives and the Lorraine County Coroner could rule out fall play. So, a press release went out from the Cleveland Police Department and said officers were present when the Lorraine County Coroner's Office positively identified Barron's body now the Lorraine County Coroner, Stephen Evans, said an autopsy was scheduled for the following day, but a cause of death might not be known for weeks. A friend said Barron was unfortunately extremely intoxicated when he was last seen, but as 21-year-old and 22-year-olds do, that's kind of par for the course. At least 11 Cleveland police vehicles and homicide detectives and crime scene investigators ended up being parked at Progressive Field as the other investigators searched the Lorraine County landfill. Again, early statements from police said that Barron fell five stories through a trash chute after he wandered away from his family during the concert. Now, Lorraine County Medical Examiner Stephen Evans had performed the autopsy. Now, he did not say an initial cause of death, and... He said toxicology reports would take weeks. Cleveland.com reported that officials hadn't yet ruled out or ruled on a cause of death for the man, but officials did kind of feel like this could have been an accident. Now, Corey attended Bowling Green State University and lived in Fremont, Ohio, which is 40 minutes or 40 miles, however you go, from Toledo. Now, The Cleveland.com article goes on to state that the concert promoter, Live Nation, the Cleveland Indians, and the Gateway Economic Development Corporation had issued minimal statements Wednesday citing the ongoing investigation. So many questions were left unanswered surrounding the circumstances of his death, and no one could answer how Barron gained access to the trash compactor or whether security cameras captured how he would have found his way there. Gateway Economic Development Corporate Executive Director Todd Greathouse said the organization's contract with Live Nation placed the national concert promoter in charge of security for the Aldean concert. Gateway used its own security personnel to sweep the outside of Progressive Field and Quicken Loans Arena following Friday's concert, but Greathouse said Live Nation was the one responsible for security sweeps inside the building. Quote, I have my own off-duty officers who make the sweep. Great House said now a live nation spokeswoman told the plane dealer that she couldn't speak about security measures for the Aldine concert quote we are the promoter those questions would go through the building manager she said now club spokesman Curtis Danberg declined to comment on stadium security quote I cannot comment on anything right right now he said quote there will be a time and a place but we aren't there yet Danberg had told reporters on the Wednesday following the discovery of the body, now they would also not allow reporters into Progressive Field to take pictures. But a dumpster, which police believe Barron fell into, was inside the stadium. Greathouse said. He said he couldn't provide any more information about its location, but now Cleveland police K-9 units had searched the stadium after Barron was reported missing. But interesting fact here. Police spokesman Ali Pillow said in an email that the department has no cadaver dogs, which are used to search for dead bodies. We're kind of a major metropolitan city, at least we once were. Wouldn't you think that would be a prudent thing to have? Pillow would go on to say that officers did not physically inspect the inside of the dumpsters around the stadium during their search for Barron before his body was found. Okay, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but come on, people. They didn't search the dumpsters? Wouldn't that be one of the first places they would have checked? I mean, that's unacceptable if I'm a friend or a family member. I would be up in arms. So the company that hauls the trash from Pro- Progressive Field is Republic Services, and they issued a statement saying, quote, we are fully cooperating with law enforcement authorities as part of their ongoing investigation. And that is company spokesman Russ Knock said in a statement, quote, at this time, we are referring all media inquiries to the Cleveland Division of Police. Now, Evans, who performed the autopsy, said it didn't take long for investigators to connect the body to the missing man. Quote, we know there are only so many missing people in the area, he said Tuesday. Quote, we have flyers for this picture, and we knew the dumpster came from Cleveland. So Cleveland police would end up returning to the stadium to search for clues after Barron's body was found. They held a short press conference following their search. Now again, the captain of the Lorain County Sheriff's Department said Barron's body had no bruises or other obvious signs of trauma. The garbage truck was found in and picked up trash outside of Progressive Field before driving to the landfill. Special Investigators Commander Jim Chura said at the time on Tuesday at the press conference that investigators have no reason to suspect foul play, but will continue to investigate the incident as a homicide until foul play can be ruled out. Now again, as I mentioned before, he was reportedly extremely intoxicated. I get it to an extent that a 22-year-old would be extremely intoxicated. What I don't get is how a 22-year-old who's extremely intoxicated ends up falling down a garbage chute. I don't get it. So, Peggy Gallick, who works for Fox 8, and uh, she's been around forever, she wrote that Corey Barron's death, you know, with a private investigator, family members reveal new information. That was the headline of her article. And she wrote that, as they should, the family of Corey Barron hired a private investigator. These private investigators and family members of the 22-year-old man believe they have new information on the case and are pushing for the manner of his death to be changed from undetermined to homicide. Quote, we believe it's a homicide investigation, and that's from the information that we've received, according to Dick Wren, who's a retired FBI agent and now a private investigator with the Internal Research Group. Quote, we have provided some new information to the coroner relating to some individuals we have an interest in that we think is well worth police consideration. Now, it's interesting. This is at least the second time Dick Wren has come up on this podcast. If anybody is a fan of the show, they know that the first time would have been during the Amy Mahalovic case. He was one of the uh, lead men in the FBI that was involved. So, very interesting interesting stuff. So, Cleveland police investigated the case, but detectives closed the case a year later. Now, this was after city prosecutors ruled there was insufficient evidence that a criminal offense had occurred. So, without any quote-unquote real evidence, they just decided to conclude it was an accident. I don't find that to be a sufficient conclusion, and I'm sure that the family and friends of Corey feel the same. Now, police said at the time they believed Barron died after falling down a garbage chute. Again, according to the Lorraine County Coroner's autopsy report, the cause of death was quote, multiple blunt impacts to the head, trunk, and extremities due to the fall down the trash chute into an enclosed dumpster. And the manner of death was again marked as undetermined. Lorain County Coroner, Frank Miller, says he would need more information before changing the manner of death, while Wren said investigators would like either Cleveland Police or the State's Bureau of Criminal Investigation Cold Case Unit to look at the case. BCI officials say in order for them to look at the case, they need to be asked by the Cleveland Police detectives, since they were the original lead agency investigating the baron's death. Quote, there is more that needs to be looked into here, Wren said. We have developed new information. Since the last time Cleveland police had this case, we really believe someone should take a new look at this. Unquote. Again, the autopsy report showed that Corey suffered from prior, you know, some injuries prior to his death, and a source had told investigators that he witnessed some men allegedly urinating and spitting at people in the section where Corey was last seen alive. So this source did take a polygraph test, did pass. And he told, people, he told investigators that people appeared to be urinating and spitting left their seats around the same exact time that Corey did. Now, they returned a short time later, gathered up their belongings, and left. Now, again, they left right when Jason Aldean was about to perform. This friend said, quote, we think that, well, Wren actually goes on to say, we think that's an unusual time for them to leave. Investigators identified the persons of interest and asked them for an interview and asked if they would be willing to be polygraphed, and they refused. There is no reason to believe Corey Barron, who has no history of mental or emotional problems, would have put himself in a garbage chute for any reason, Wren said. Corey's father, Matt, told the Fox 8i team they won't give up until they get justice for Corey and find out exactly what happened. Quote, the circumstances of this don't add up, Matt Barron told the I-Team. Quote, I don't believe it was just an accident. And again, anyone with information is asked to email now, email, rnr at irgglobal.com, or again, you can call Crime Stoppers at 216-252-7463. Now, the investigation into his death would drag on, It was two months later when the Herald News would come out with a new article about it. And it it was basically saying, well, where does the case stand today? And unfortunately, we don't have an answer for that. Because it really was kind of like, hey, this guy fell through a garbage chute. That sounds plausible. Let's just chalk it up as that. In the meantime... There's a lot of questions that are left to be answered. We're also there attending the concert. Again, Corey disappeared at 9.30 p.m. after visiting some friends in a different section opposed to the one where his assigned seat was. Now, again, he never returned, and in the following days, there was a full search for the man, and again, this turned up nothing. Now, according to Action News 19, former employer, Sources say that Corey may have also engaged in an argument with another man or group of men right before he disappeared. They also say the only way someone could have accessed the chute was to crawl into it. However, a complete investigation by homicide detectives has turned up nothing, and police say they have obtained no new evidence in the case since the body was found. Unless something miraculous turns up, it's very likely that the specifics of Corey Barron's death will remain a mystery. Again, after the news of Corey Barron's death was made public, Jason Aldean made a statement on Twitter, quote, My sincere condolences go out to Corey Barron's family and friends. My heart is heavy for you all, and you are in my thoughts and prayers. So Barron's death came during a period in the summer when the amount of arrests and hospitalizations across country music events were making headlines. And Jason Aldean actually had spoken to Rolling Stone Country about the problems at country concerts, saying, quote, you want people to come out of your show to enjoy it and everybody to wake up the next day and talk about what a great time they had. You don't want somebody to come to the show and never make it home. Unfortunately, that kind of stuff is out of our hands. People are adults and are responsible for their own actions. You come to a show and plan on drinking, get a driver, call a cab. That's the things that adults should just know. We can't make people do that stuff. So I don't know about that statement from Jason Aldean. I think that's sort of like kind of releasing any liability that he may have had in the sense of you know, this guy's disappearance. And according to 19 News, the family of the Fremont man, again, this was Corey Barron, they feel like there was something more to his death. And Barron's sister, Britta Barron, shared a post on her Facebook page about the need to find out what happened to her brother, and it read, quote, It has been my family's and mine." personal promise to Corey to find out what happened that night. For the past eight months, Internal Research Group Incorporated, a group of former FBI agents, has been working to help us with that promise to my brother. As we've all believed all along, they have found no reason to believe that this was an accident. Again, the Lorraine County Coroner's Office ruled there was no foul play in Barron's death. However, many questions did remain for the family. Police suspected Baron fell several stories down the garbage chute. Again, think about this: you're wasted at a concert. You go looking for the bathroom. What the hell are the chances you're going to fall down a garbage chute? Not very good, even if you're as drunk as the drunkest person ever. It's very Elisa Lam uh, esque in, in the sense that this guy just sort of disappeared and. The middle of public, it's really bizarre, and of course, you know, police eventually get around to looking back into the case, and this is again Peggy gallick from June twenty first, twenty twenty one, and she wrote for Fox eight that the I team has learned that Cleveland police are now reviewing an investigation into a man found dead in the trash after a concert at Progressive Field in twenty fourteen. The move to review the case comes a few weeks after the Fox I-Team reported that private investigators and family members are pushing to have the manner of Corey Barron's death changed from undetermined to homicide. She goes on to write that on July 18, 2014, Barron went to the Jason L. Dean concert at Progressive Field with his sister, brother, and some friends. And again, he was last seen at 9.30 that night. His body would be found a few days later in that dumps in that landfill from a dumpster from Cleveland. Now, Cleveland police did close Barron's case in 2015 after they ruled that there was insufficient evidence that a criminal offense had occurred, but police said at the time they believed Barron died after falling down a garbage chute. Now that private investigators, who are all retired federal agents, they'd spent the last six years working on the case and they say they believe that the 22-year-old graduate was most likely murdered. Quote, we do not believe he accidentally fell down that garbage chute and died, said Dick Wren. He pointed out that Barron had injuries to his head and ribs that happened prior to death. It's our belief that he got in an altercation with persons unknown and he was hit both on the head and in the ribs and placed in the garbage chute. Our investigation has developed some leads that are better than the ones by police agencies because we have the ability to obtain DNA samples from possible suspects. Now, Corey's father, Matt, said the family was relieved and pleased that the homicide detectives are going over the case again. And again, he says, quote, we are... We were together as a family and didn't come home together. It's never been right. It's just never been right. So, like I mentioned before, if you have information about this case, you can actually reach out to the IRG Global Group, and their email address is rnr at irgglobal.com. So, again, Corey, unfortunately walked away from his friends and family, and his friends and family last saw him when he was highly intoxicated. It's just one of those situations where anything could have happened, and I hate to say that because this is such a tragic case of a family not knowing what led to the demise of their son, their daughter, or their son, their sibling, their friend's All that stuff is just completely thrown out and it's just absolutely a shame that they didn't have security cameras and other sorts of CCTV in place to protect this type of thing. I know that the family did eventually put out a $50,000 reward, but again, his death was ruled an accident. Now, the family, again, like every family, would dispute that notion because of the fact that why in the hell would he go in a garbage chute? It just doesn't make any sense. So, it's just one of those things that people don't really grasp. I don't understand why the people involved with gateway involved with the concert involved with the cleveland police they didn't do their best job in searching for this individual i mean they didn't search the dumpsters for crying out loud i mean it's like come on and if you don't like search the dumpsters what's the point of doing any search i as a journalist would say That's not doing your job because of the fact that that's the most likely place that Corey would have been if he wasn't found anywhere else in the stadium. And at that point, he wasn't. So the fact that you as Cleveland Police dropped the ball when it came to looking where you needed to look, that body wasn't discovered for another multiple days, and evidence easily could have been lost because of that. It's part of your job. Investigate the dumpsters. You can't go to the parents and the family and say, hey, you know what? Your son was really intoxicated, and he fell down the garbage chute. Case closed. I would not accept that. As a family member nor should they that's not a good enough explanation we live in a digital world this is a place where cameras and everything should be readily available and the fact that they cannot locate him on any sort of closed circuit television or security cameras or atms or people's cell phones it seems shocking I mean, it's reminiscent of Brian Schaefer from Columbus who disappeared while out with friends. But this case, again, has been brought to my attention on multiple occasions. I remember when it happened. I am from Cleveland. I remember when this poor man disappeared. And it was one of those cases where you felt like clearly there was some foul play. Again, this concert was at progressive field it wasn't like this was in the flats like in the 80s and 90s where people were falling in the river and just dying every weekend I mean that's the whole reason that the flats don't exist in the same sense that they did back then drunk people apparently like to fall into rivers just look at all of the people found dead in rivers but that wasn't Corey Corey was found dead in a dumpster so what does that leave you with? That leaves you with the fact that Corey either ran into somebody who did not like whatever Corey was saying or he Corey didn't like what that guy was saying, and then boom, here you go. It's just an absolute disgrace that there isn't a better conclusion to this case. And I know that rhymed, and unfortunately that is what happened. So this case is more frustrating because it seems like there should be more evidence of Corey's last moments. I mean, I understand it was busy. And I get the fact that, you know, he was unable to be seen. But I think that shines a light on the somewhat sketchy control of concerts. I mean, I don't like to constantly be recorded. But I'd like you to explain the rationale to the family and friends of Corey Barron if you're against more security cameras so this may be a crime gone unpunished or it could be a tragic accident i just wish there would have been surveillance in the area where the chute was located and another question why the hell wasn't the chute locked why did everyone drop the ball when Corey was first reported missing and by not searching those dumpsters how much evidence was actually destroyed unfortunately just like the coroner we may never know all I can say is if anyone knows anything about his death, please contact your local police or use Crime Stoppers. And on that note, that will do it for this week's episode of Who Killed. Thank you so much for listening. For the second year in a row, I will be representing Who Killed, Who Killed Amy Maholovic, and my passion case at Podcast Row for CrimeCon 2022 in Las Vegas. It's definitely a bucket list item for Any true crime fan, the dates are April 29th through May 1st. If you want to save money on your ticket, you can use my promo code Amy 2022. If you enjoy this podcast or any of my other shows, you can help support the show by clicking on the donate button on the left-hand side of Slow Burn Media. Again, that's slow minus the W. You can also contribute to the show via the Venmo app with my username at Bill-Huffman-Three. Every contribution does help keep these slow burn podcasts running. If you want to support the show by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, that would be great too because that helps keep the cases that I cover in the spotlight. As you know, I drop new episodes every Friday. If you want to stay up to date with the cases I have covered or what's coming in the pipeline, please feel free to follow me on Twitter at BillHuffman3. And of course, thank you guys so much again for listening. Until next time, be healthy and stay safe.
1: 3 a.m. The comedy horror podcast that holds weekly gatherings around the campfire. Let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to hear stories about demonic possessions prison stabbings, skinwalkers, glitches in the matrix, cult leaders, missing 411, night marchers, Operation Paperclip, Mesopotamian devil worship, and so many monsters it'll give Kanye West a runaway for his money. Pop and meme culture also aren't off topic. A camp where laughs and scares are constantly competing for first place. We're just a group of friends, trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 3AM, the comedy horror podcast, not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go. Have you ever wondered about things that go bump in the night, or objects in the sky, or other things you just couldn't explain? Then join me, Jim Mallard, on my podcast, The Mallard Report. Each week, you'll find engaging conversations with guests who are authors, historians, and scholars who lend their expertise as we discuss current events and venture into the fringe and paranormal. The Mallory Report hits controversies head-on, yet remains conversational, and can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any other major podcast platform.